Welcome to Faith Changes Everything, a broadcast of Faith Heights Church. Thank you for watching. We want you to remember Jesus said in the book of Mark, chapter 9 and verse 23, that all things are possible to them that believe. Therefore, no matter what you're struggling with, you can overcome it. And no matter where you're at in life, you can always go higher. Turn with me, church, to 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. We've been talking for a couple weeks now on a series entitled, Victory is a Choice. Winning over sickness is a choice. Winning over marriage problems is a choice that both of you are going to have to make. Winning over fear, depression that's run in your family for generation after generation. Victory over that is possible and it's a choice. And it's primarily your choice. Aren't you glad you can live in victory no matter what other people around you do? Aren't you glad that you're more in control of what happens to your life than anybody else? Well, I w we want to talk some more about this. Let's read the scripture here. 2 Corinthians 2.14. The Bible says right now, no matter what you're going through right now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ. Powerful scripture. It didn't say thanks be unto God who 99.999 times causes us to triumph. It said always. We did a study on this. You were with us the last couple of weeks. We found out what the word always means. If you do an in-depth study and take time and dig into the dictionary, you're going to find out that that word means always. always. It's a powerful study. You should check it out. Think about this, church. God, now he's saying, thanks God, thanks to God for the problem. No, thank God for victory over the problem. I'm not going to thank God for things that the enemy's trying to throw in my life or sin's trying to throw in my life or crazy people. But we can thank God for the victory in the midst of the trial, which is faith. That everything going to be all right. God can work with that. So everybody say this. Thanks be unto God who always, always, always causes me to win. Now here, here's the key. You ready? In Christ. If you're a born-again believer, you are in Christ. The Holy Spirit puts you there. You're baptized into Jesus Christ. If you're a born-again believer, you're in Him. And He's in you. And you're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. And nothing can pluck you out of His hand. So don't worry about how you feel. The Lord didn't lie. You're secure, you're sealed, and you're safe. You got that? But now here's the key. We got the victory in Christ. Here's what we got to choose. Are you ready? We got to choose to know who we are in Christ. And what we have in Christ. And what we can do in Christ. You got to choose to know that if you want to live in victory. In Christ is a huge deal. Thanks be unto God who gives us the victory over all things in Christ. So you need to know what Jesus has done for you. At least the basics. But you're going to want to know more, I guarantee you. Amen. Number two, you've got to believe it. Because knowing isn't believing. Believing is leaning on the love and power of God in the most vicious trials of your life. And having a peace and an insurance in your spirit that you're going to make it. 
See, you can know the scriptures, but when you go to believing the scriptures, now you're going to start seeing some things in your life you haven't been seeing yet. Everybody say, knowing, knowing. isn't believing. It starts with knowing. Know who you are in Christ. Know what you have in Christ. And know what you can do in Christ. And you find those things out by reading the epistles, Romans through Revelation. All right. Number two, believe you are who God says you are in Christ. Believe you have what he says you have, even if it don't feel like it. You want to feel like it, right? Well, believing comes first. Jesus said, if you believe, you're going to see something. Not if you see, you're going to believe. He said, if you believe, you'll see the glory of God. And number three, you ready for this? This is the one that's really hard to get people to understand. You're going to have to say who you are in Christ. Say what you can do in Christ. Say what you have in Christ. You're going to have to learn how to talk as a newborn baby. You're going to have to learn how to talk God talk if you want to see victory over a lot of these things in life that the world says you just can't get free from. All right, church, listen to this. You ready? For the believer in Jesus, it is not we win some, we lose some. That's against this scripture. Right? Right? If God wanted to, if God says to his people, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some, he wouldn't have said what he said here. He would have said, now thanks be unto God, which sometimes causes us to win and sometimes doesn't. Right. See, see, well, Pastor, we're all only human. No, you're not. You're part human. Okay, can I, can I give you the truth here today? Truth will make you free. You and I are the offspring of God. Scripture is in the book of Acts. We've got schools today teaching kids that, that um, evolution is where they came from and, and they show them their ancestors and it's a blob in the ocean. And then they show them a little later, it's, it's this monkey-looking creature. No wonder they have problems with self-esteem. Right. Look where they're believing they came from. How about we tell our kids the truth? You, honey, are the offspring of God. God made man in his own image and likeness and gave them dominion over all the earth. Adam lost it. The devil entered it on the scene, but Jesus took it back and gave it to us when he rose from the dead. We got that thought. The name of Jesus is above every name. Use it in prayer. Expect results. And tell the devil to quit messing with you in certain areas. Now, he'll always be here until Jesus comes back. You're going to have to be resisting until the Lord comes back. But you can successfully resist every time. Amen. Always means always. Right? So, so remember this. For us, it's not we win some, we lose some. Now, the very fact that he said he causes you to win also shows us there's going to be some battles. No, no need to say triumph if there's no battle. We've, the Lord never promised you'd have no hard times. He never promised you'd have no battles. But he did promise you would always win in Christ. So I say we find out who we are in Christ. Believe it. And start talking like it. And start seeing victory in these areas we haven't been seeing victory in. Some people have the mindset, well, if God wants me victorious, he'll just make me victorious. Unscriptural unscriptural. So let's talk today a little bit more in detail about number one. If you want to live in victory, you got to choose to know some things. You got to choose to do some things a lot of people around you aren't doing. You got to choose to spend some time doing some stuff that people around you think you're crazy for taking that time and doing it. You're going to have to do some things your mind's going to say is not your answer. 
You're going to have to do some things you don't feel like is what you need to be doing to get out of this huge problem you're in. But how about we just take God at His word, right? Do what He said, and let, let's see the triumph and the victory show up in our life. Number one, say this. Number one, I'm going to choose to know something. Know what? What's in that book? In your lap, on the pulpit there? What's in the Bible? Somebody said, well, I don't like to read. Well, you better like it. That's right. The more you do read, the more you'll want to read the Bible. The less you read the Bible, the less you want to read it. Do you understand that? And the less you think it's, and the more you think it's okay because you get further and further down, you get further and further away, the more you think you don't need it. And oh, that's, you'll find out that's not true next time you're slapped upside the face by a problem in life. So do this with me now. Turn with me to Hosea chapter 4. And let's look at this. Everybody say, choose to know. Now, this is going to be interesting, what I'm going to share with you right now, because we've got very limited time, but I'm going to do my best to get it out. And, and you're believing with me, right? We prayed. Okay. But in Hosea chapter 4, look at verse 6. This is what you need to choose. You need to choose to know something. Choose to not be ignorant. God's talking here, and He said, My people. He's not even talking about the world here. He's not even talking about unbelievers here. God said, My people are destroyed because they're such terrible sinners. Because the devil's, you know, so big and bad. My people are destroyed because sometimes it's my will that they're destroyed. No, no, no. Come on, why did God say His people are destroyed? Look, look, church, listen to this. Why, why are sometimes God's people destroyed? You know, not just off the earth destroyed, but maybe a marriage is destroyed, or a business is destroyed, or, or, or whatever. Why are some people destroyed? Why are some... For lack of knowledge. Right? Lack of knowledge. People are just... You know what that means? You can be a good person and go down the drain. Because he didn't say my people are destroyed because they're not good enough. Do you know there's a reason bad things happen to good people and it's not the million dollar question? You read the Bible for any amount of time, you'll find out why things, bad things can happen to good people. Right. It's no mystery million dollar question. It's very easy. This scripture right here tells you. You can be destroyed simply because you didn't know some things you were supposed to know. Right. And we're talking about Holy Scripture, promises, who you are in Christ. If you, want to be, if you want to live in victory, you have got to make reading the Bible a part of your daily life. And you probably ought to go ahead and learn to like it because it's the only way you're going to live in highest levels of victory in this life until you see Jesus. Now, this is um, what I'm going to share with you next. A lot of you may haven't seen it like this, but I want to show you something about this. Read on. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Now, notice, what kind of lack of knowledge? Because you have rejected knowledge. This is different than never knowing. This is different than not being able to know because you're isolated in some forest or jungle somewhere where there's no gospel and no Bible. This is talking about people who could have known, should have known, and chose not to know. Happening all over today. 
So many people have heard preachers preach similar things to what I'm preaching right now. And they have chosen to not believe it was that important. They've chosen to reject it to one degree or another. And they've also chosen destruction, not realizing it's all linked back to rejecting the knowledge God said you need. We need to be prepared for the storms of life. Everybody's pointing at the storms as the problem. Oh, that storm got me over there. And all these people over there. And all the economy over there. And all this thing over here. How about we found the enemy and they is us. Right. And consider our ways. And realize, could I have been more prepared for this? Answer, uh-huh. Could you and I have been more prepared for some of these storms and attacks that came up in our life and pulled the rug out from under our feet? Could we have been more prepared? Then what's the problem? The great big storm and the adverse circumstances are us not being more ready. Right. What's the real problem? Because if you're ready, it's no longer the storm is the problem. Are you following me? You and I can be ready for anything that comes against us in this life. Yeah, there might be a struggle. Yes, there's going to be some resisting. Yes, there's going to be some standing. Yeah, you might feel some pain and some darts flying around and all this. But you can win. We win. In Christ. So he said, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I will also reject you, that you shall be no priest to me. And he goes on and tells him some specifics. This is a big problem. Big, big, big problem. There is no shortage of knowledge today. There's no. Did you realize you can go on the internet? and get 50 translations of the Bible. All the way from Young's literal translation, King James, modern translations. You can study the Bible in 50 different translations. You can eat... We were at Hobby Lobby the other day, and I got a Bible. What's it called? Um, Kids Action Bible. I wanted it for me. It's it's all in comic book version. And and Jesus is like the superhero of all superheroes. And, and, and Moses and Joshua and King David and, and they're, they're muscular and they're strong and they're doing all these feats and, and slaying a lion and I mean it's awesome yeah. That's the, that was the extent of my reading before I became a Christian it was Archie comic books that was it man that was all I could read but then I got saved and I realized I better read more than comic books if I want to live in victory but there's so many means of media available today. You can hear the word. You can read the word. There's no excuse for perishing for a lack of knowledge no, today. Sir. No, sir. There might be an explanation, but there's no excuse. Because it's available. We have four services a week. Every service is powerful. It's anointed. The Holy Ghost is speaking through our teachers and our leaders four times a week. And every one of those things are archived on the internet free of charge, free downloads, free whatever, no cost. Which means no excuse. Why, we'd be perishing for lack of knowledge. And not only us, but there's ministries all over the world that are good, that are preaching the gospel. There's no reason to die young for lack of knowledge. But here's the thing. You're going to start, when you start reading the scriptures, you're going to start realizing you ain't been doing some things you could have and should have been doing. You You ain't been talking like you should have been talking. You've been using your words against yourself instead of for your for yourself. And you're going to have to make some correct Corrections, and you're going to have to make some adjustments. You're going to have to start realizing, you know what? The biggest problem for a lot of people is they're not in the Word enough. Oh, Pastor, I don't know why my prayers don't work. My prayers just don't seem to be... Well, did you hear what Jesus said? What do you mean? Well, let me tell you. And read your Bible, church. Listen, listen. He said, 
If you abide in me, Jesus said, if you abide in me, you know, you're born again. And, everybody say and. and. Everybody say and. and. Well, I'm saved, but there's an and after you're saved. And if my words abide in you, Jesus said, you ask whatever you will and it'll be done unto you. In other words, you want to pray effective prayers? Bring God's own word into his presence. Say, God, you said by his stripes I was healed. Healing belongs to me. Thank you, Lord. Right? You got to know the word. Now, for time's sake, boy, we're having, time goes by when you're having a good time. It goes by quick. All right, turn to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. Well, Pastor, why do bad things happen to good people? One reason is because lack of knowledge. It didn't say lack of goodness. No. You can be good, lack knowledge, and be destroyed, and it totally not be God's will. It's never God's will that people are destroyed. Come on. He wants trying to help us. Destruction is not God's will. Destruction is people not understanding some of the things we're talking about here. So look here in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 22. God said through Solomon, my son or my daughter, here's what you need to do. You ready? Attend to my words. And we're all doing that right now. Mm -hmm. But my question is, what are you going to do tomorrow? You got to eat tomorrow too, you know. My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let my words not depart from your eyes. Keep my words in the midst of your heart. For my words are life unto those that find them. And my words are health to almost all their flesh. Everything but their little toe on their right foot. So you better hope you never stub your little toe on your right foot, right? No. What does all your flesh mean? Is, is, is getting into God's word good for your body? We say, well, it's good for my soul, it's good for my spirit, it's all this invisible stuff. It's good for your flesh. You got an earache? God's got the medicine. You see the word health? See the word health there? In the Hebrew, the, the word is marpe. It means medicine. Medicine. God's medicine to all your flesh. We've got testimonies of people healed of cancer. We've got testimonies of people healed of things doctors said you couldn't be healed of. People give testimonies in this church all the time. We know other people. Friend, if it's your eye, if it's your liver, if it's your kidney, if you get into that book right there and you know the things about what we're talking about and healing and deliverance and what He's done for you in Christ, you can come out of any sickness or disease. Now, I want to say this. I want to say this. We don't, we're not real big on divine healing because we're afraid to die. We're not afraid to die. We know where we're going. To be with Christ is far better. But we do believe in divine healing. Number one, it's the Lord's will that we're healed. Number two, we want all the health we can get to serve Him with, right? Amen. And we want to stay around long enough until we're done. And here's a newsflash for some people. You don't have to be evicted by disease. You can leave when you're ready to leave. It's called giving up the ghost, dying in faith. So, here's what I want to say. A lot of God's kids just flat out don't want to take their medicine. They don't want to take it. I know as a pastor for 31 years. I've been trying to get people to take their medicine, some for 10, 15, 20 years. And they still just don't want to take it. 
I'm going to tell on Rachel. Can I tell on Rachel? Okay. <laughs> when Rachel was a, a small little child, about you know three weeks ago, <laughs> I'm kidding. When, when she was a little, little toddler, she did not like the, the Tylenol liquid medicine at all. We thought that was better than the pills, obviously, for a kid, right? I mean, they can't swallow the pills. So, so we're trying to get Rachel to take care of medicine. She gets this symptom of a fever and a sore throat and this flu-like symptoms. And we prayed and believed God. But, you know, if your child's not feeling better fairly quick, do what you got to do in the natural and keep believing that by his stripes she was healed or he was healed. Don't be a fool and let your kids suffer. God works through medicine. And so she's, we're trying to get this Tylenol down her. I mean, we're like holding her, and, and, and Carla's got the cup, and she's turning her mouth and screaming and doing all this stuff. And, and, and finally we get a little bit down her, she'd spit it right out. We go, Rachel, what are you doing, honey? This will make you feel better. This will make you feel, it'll take the pain away. It'll, it'll relieve it. You, you, got, you got, what, 30 seconds of discomfort, but you'll have six to eight hours of no pain. Come on. And she said, no, 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 no. Just like a lot of Christians today. Yep. You know what their answer is. We told her, we said, if you don't take this, we're taking you to the doctor. They're putting an IV in you. We're going to stick a big needle in your vein. Because you're going to get, right? It's like I feel like saying that to some Christians. We're going to strap you down, put headphones on you, hold your arms out. You're going to hear the word for three hours. You hear me? We're going to strap you down. Pump the gospel in your brain. Get it in your heart. But sometimes it's the hardest thing in the world to convince people you need to get in this book every day. You eat three meals a day. Well, Jesus said you're not going to make it on bread alone, but you're going to make it by every word. So get whatever translation you like. Get If you want to hear it, if you want to read it, go to church, get sermons, whatever you got to do to get this word in you, get it in you. And you might as well learn to love it because you're going to need to do it every day of your life. Jesus had, the Son of God, had to get in the Word to the point where He could say it is written without having to find the Scripture. You and I are going to have to get in the Word and get it in us to that degree. So when, not if, when the challenges come, when the temptations come, when the bad doctor's report comes, you are ready to talk like the Son of God talked and say it is written. It is written. It is written. And then you're standing in your word, you're quoting healing scriptures, and the devil says, but you sinned, you've messed up, your faith's not working, you can't do this, you need to know enough scripture to say, Satan, shut up. The blood of Jesus has washed those sins away. I've acknowledged that sin, it's under the blood, and God forgave my sin and cleansed me from all unrighteousness. I'm clean and free by the blood. Hmm? Do y'all remember the scripture where it says you're not supposed to forget all his benefits? He forgives all your iniquities, and he heals all your diseases. That's a scripture. Psalm 107 says, God sent his word to heal you and to deliver you from your destruction. So even if you made the mess yourself, he still wants you free and his word will do it. I know personally in our lives, I mean, let me me just share you one of my favorite scriptures. Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, that if we would continue in his word... We'd be his disciples indeed. And we would know the truth. And the truth known would make us free. Well, how do I know if I'm in the word enough, pastor? You got any freedom in your life? Have you seen any victory in your life? Maybe that's a good sign. Maybe that's a good indication. Because if we're in the word, like Jesus said we need to be in the word, freedom's going to start showing up. Hmm? Deliverance. 
You know what King David said? He said in Psalm 119, God, your word have I hidden in my heart that I'd have the power to not sin against you. There's, a, there's the key to overcoming addictions. It's called getting delivered through the law of displacement. You get enough word in you, there ain't no room for lust. There ain't no room for desires and cravings for alcohol. There ain't no room for... You following me? Yes. When you're filled with the word, you put a sign around your neck that says no vacancies. Oh, yeah. And so the enemy sees that and goes, oh, no vacancies here. So it goes somebody else down the block. Right. See somebody else who's just feeding on TV and Hollywood and all this. No. You, get, you can get so filled with the word, there's no room for bondage. Right. Right. You can get filled with the spirit. There's no, you know, most, most Christians have problems in their life for one reason. They have room for them. What if you didn't have room for him? <laughs> you answer the question. But now listen to this Psalm 119. You might want to put this one up, Lucas. Psalm 119, verse 92. I've hung on to this scripture. This is my testimony. Now the word law could be translated God's word, his testimonies, his statutes. Unless your word, God, had been my delights, I would have perished in my affliction. Now we know why a lot of people do perish. The word's not a delight to them. They're always doing something else. They don't have time. They don't think it's that important. Church, if you knew where I came from, and what I'm telling you right now did for me, I came out of sin. I came out of darkness. I mean, I was the devil I think knew I was going to be called to preach somehow, and man, did he hit me hard. I got delivered from drugs and and terrible overdoses and lifestyles that were crazy and just darkness and demons. I didn't think I was going to make it. If I went by my feelings, I wouldn't have made it. I heard one day some of the things I'm telling you right now. I got in the Word. The delivering power of God came on my life. I learned how to resist the devil. I learned how to pray. If you think I'm wild? Well, if you came from what I came from and got free like I got free, you'd be a little wild too. You don't care what people think. Jesus saved my life and I'm happy about it. I came out of the whole rock and roll scene and all kinds of crazy stuff. Got delivered, got set free. <sighs> that was just the beginning. The Lord blessed us. I mean, I got the perfect wife. We've got the perfect kids. It's, it's really kind of cool to have kids that want to go to church. Even when they're in their 30s and 40s. But none of you guys are in your 40s yet, are you? <laughs> Well, it's very We've, You know, I'd rather have that than $10 billion. To know that my kids love God, to have that heritage of spiritual heritage move on. But you know, He's also blessed us with prosperity. He set us with princes, even the princes of His people. We know people today. We're friends with people today. You're not supposed to be friends with them unless you're like way up there. God lifts the poor out of the dust. He's lifted us out of all kinds of stuff. He's helped. This church is blessed. We, the Lord has done so much for you. You don't have to come back to hear the rest of the testimony. Is that all right? Come back. We'll keep talking about these things. Those that are watching by camera, if you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life and you want to be born again, pray this prayer right now. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe God raised you from the dead. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen.